were going to start this series last week called the 10-Year Challenge. And the idea is, is that uh, we want to be a better version of who God wants us to be in 10 years than where we are right now. But that won't happen unless things happen, right? So we got to thinking about this, and we, we planned out four weeks. So we're going to make it three now. And, and we've been thinking about this series for several months now as we've been trying to put things together. And it just so happened that in that period of time, I read a book by Andy Stanley called The Principle of the Path. And then I read it a second time. And there is so much good information in that book. I can't recommend it to you highly enough. So a lot of what we're going to learn today, honestly, came from Andy Stanley's book called The Principle of the Path. So, so you could leave now and just read the book and you're going to get everything. But I just want to give credit where credit's due. So much of, of um, there's so much truth in the principle of the path that we're going to kind of jump into today, and then we're going to uh, have a couple more weeks of this series, and then we'll, we'll wrap things up. But I am, I'm convinced that people in life, just like on a road trip, generally don't get lost on purpose, right? So, so people don't get lost on purpose. But, but you remember, so before TomTom, remember TomTom? That is so old-sounding. Uh, before like um, uh, Google Maps or Waze, which is my favorite, um, there was a thing called MapQuest. Remember, it was actually a website. You went to MapQuest and you typed in the address of where you were going. You had to type in the address of where you were and then you could print off. And you could have different choices how you want to print it. Do you want to just do step by step? Do you want to have an overview? Do you want to have the little pictures of each turn you have to make? Right, remember that? So when we moved here in 2005, there was no Walmart, no Target. It was just the Martins and the Food Line. And Melissa wanted to go to Martins. And we live out here off of Hallsville Road, almost all the way to Boyce. And she was scared she was going to get lost. It's only two turns, people. It's two turns, right? But she was afraid she was going to get lost. So she goes on MapQuest and she types in and she literally printed off a MapQuest turn by turn, which was only two turns, to get to Martin's, but she made it, right? But that's how directionally challenged my wife is. I remember going all the way back to Ram McNally maps. Remember those? The big things you buy in Walmart that were like two foot by three foot. And that's, that's how I learned how to know how to navigate was we would be driving on family vacation. I got the Ram McNally map. My dad would always fold it up and stick it in the you know, right there in the door pocket. And he'd be like, all right, we just hit North Carolina. I'd pull it out. I'd mark where we were in North Carolina. And then I'd watch the exits as we would go through. And that's how I kind of learned how to navigate and get, you know, at least some type of sense of direction. But not everybody has that gift of directionality, right? Not everybody's quite there. And, but, but I do know this, that people who do get lost don't get lost on purpose. And we all know somebody, and that's why you're smiling right now. Because you know somebody that can't hardly find the car in the garage. I think we have good intentions, right? We don't mean to get lost. We start off well, but for some reason, we don't end up where we thought we were going to be. So, so the first thing I know about people who get lost is people don't get lost on purpose. The second thing I know about people who get lost is people don't actually know where lost happened. Like they don't, they don't know where that happened. I was just fine a minute ago. Now I don't have any idea where I am. Somehow, I just got lost. What turn was it? I don't know. What, when did it, I don't know. But people are lost because they're no longer on the way they thought they were going. 
Somewhere they got off the path and got on to another because if they were on the path that was taking them where they were going, they wouldn't be lost. So the third thing I know about people who get lost, and that is the path is taking them where the path is going. Right? It's like lines on a map. If you're on this path, then this is where you're going. It's when you get off of that path that maybe you're not going where you thought you were going to go. But that path that you're on is taking you somewhere. So just think with me logically here for a second. So if you're not going where you want to go, it's because you're not on the right path, right? So, so you're not, so it's, it's, we get lost, but we're on a path to somewhere. And if you continue on this path, you're going to end up somewhere. That somewhere may not be where you wanted to go initially. And that's why we say we're lost. But we all have goals and plans and hopes and dreams and great intentions. We want to start some things. We want to stop doing some other things. But how do we get there? What makes the difference between somebody who sets out to do something and does it and somebody else who talks about it and it never happens? At some point, your life goals and your life paths have to mesh. They have to sync. And what your intentions are need to be on the same road as what you're actually doing to get to where you say that you want to go. It's not rocket science. It takes a little bit of thought, but it really does make a lot of sense because here's the truth. Every path has a predictable destination, right? So you can look on a map and say, all right, okay, if I start here and I'm gonna end there, so that's where, so whenever I type into Waze, I'm one of those guys that questions my GPS. I want to see alternate routes because I maybe don't want to pay tolls today. But you start here and you go there and I like to see what different ways I can to go because to me it might be worth an extra two minutes to have a prettier drive or not as many stoplights or something, you know. So I like to see the alternate routes and I select which route I want to go, but I see where the end destination is going to be and that's the path that I'm on. That's how I'm going to get to where it has a predictable destination. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, said, you know what, life is the same way. If you do this, you're going to get this result. It's a pathway. It's a well-worn pathway. And if you behave this way, this is what's going to happen. If you make this decision, this is going to be the outcome. And he's sitting at his window and he writes these incredible words in Proverbs 7. And I got to think that he's got to be writing this to his kids or, or, or to his son And there's some debate amongst scholars as to whether this was personal experience, like maybe he was this young man. There's some debate whether or not it was him actually sitting at this window watching this unfold, or if it was just a story he was telling to make a point. But it's effective. And it's a long passage, so we're going to kind of break it up and, and, and skip some portions, but Solomon says this in Proverbs chapter seven. He says in verse six, for, I, for at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. Like Solomon, how'd you know that that young man was devoid of understanding? Because he was a young man. 
<laughs> and most young men are devoid of understanding. Passing along the street near her corner, look at this, look at the wording here. And he took the path to her house. You already know this ain't turning out well. Like you, that's all you had to read, and you know where the destination is. You are, you know enough about life. You know enough about these types of stories where you're like, uh oh, this ain't gonna turn out well. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark of night. This young man wasn't setting out to mess his life up. This young man was going out for a good time. He had theme music playing in the background. Right? He's, he's rocking and rolling. This is going to be a great night. He's not thinking that his life could be over. He's not thinking that he's on a destructive path. He's thinking he's going to have an exciting moment. And then the next 10 verses or so is this woman enticing him, giving him sweet words, convincing him to come in to her house. Picking up in verse 21. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her. Look at that, look at these, look at these metaphors. As an ox goes to slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of stocks, till an arrow struck his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost his life. He had no idea. For him, it was this moment. It was this great experience. It was the night of his life. To Solomon, watching the whole thing unfold, he's saying, it is a path that leads to death. Just like you knew what the outcome was before we even finished the story. It's not what he had in mind, but it was the path he was on. Did you hear that? It wasn't what he had in mind. It was the path he was on. And then Solomon shifts the audience. He says this in verse 24. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. And listen, here's the wording again. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and all who are slain by her were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. It was a well-worn path. But it had a predictable destination. There are principles at work in your life, whether you realize it or not, whether you believe it or not. And those principles hold true for everybody. All right, anybody know who Archimedes is? Archimedes, can you spell it? I couldn't. Archimedes didn't create this principle called Archimedes' principle. He just discovered it. Archimedes' principle is the displacement of water. That's why a half an ounce stone sinks to the bottom of a pool. But a 300,000-ton ship can float across the Atlantic. It's the displacement of water. We live by that principle. That's why I can still float. I haven't reached that tipping point yet. I can still fill my lungs enough to float in the water. <laughs> That's Archimedes' principle. We live by that principle. Whether we believe it or not, it's a principle. 
you know the, the principle of, of the harvest, sowing and reaping, right? Whatever you plant, you're going to reap. You want to have oranges, you plant orange seeds, right? You, you don't get something unless you plant. You, you don't reap unless you invest. You can't get something out of nothing. It's the principle of the harvest. And then you have this principle of the path. And here's what the principle of the path says. That direction, not intention, determines your destination. So we want a better life. We want to lose weight. We want to live healthy or we want to know Jesus better. We want a better marriage. But are we, are we on that path? The single lady says, I want to date a fella and marry a guy that loves the Lord and, and is, is faithful to me. And, and I want someone who's got integrity and I want all these characteristics. And then she goes out with anybody because they're cute. Like we want what we want, but we're not on the path, right? Where are you going to find those guys? Right? Where are you going to find somebody like that? Not where you're going. I want my kids to, to grow up in church. and I want them to love Jesus. And I want them to have friends who love Jesus so they make good decisions in life and honor him. But then you're never here. Everything else takes priority. And you wonder, I don't know what happened to my kids. You have good intentions, right? I believe that. But are we on the right path? Are we heading that direction? I want to honor God with my finances. I want to be stable. I want to be able to help other people. I want to live so I can give. I want to be that person that's not living paycheck to paycheck. Oh, look. Right? It's hard. Yeah. We want this, but we're on this path over here. We want things and we have good intentions, but our good intentions don't get us to our destination. The path that we are on gets us to our destination. It's your direction, not your intention that gets you to where you want to go. And the paths you choose in life determine your destination. Here's the truth. The future you will resemble the present you unless you change paths. I don't know where that moment is for you or where those moments are for you. But there have been certain birthdays where I've been like, hmm, time for change. Like, where am I going to be in a decade? Right? Like I got grandbabies and they are the best grandbabies and they love their papa and I want to be around for a long time. So I want to take care of myself. So I can be a little, I want, I want to get down on the floor with them and have fun and, and run around and not be winded. <laughs> so I need to do so. I got to get on a different path. It's, it's not rocket science. But our good intentions don't get the job done. And my future self is going to look just like my present self, just older, more gray, unless I change paths, unless I actually start doing something different than what I was doing. How did Dorothy find the Emerald City? 
she followed the, see, you know more Bible than you thought. You're going to get the truth from God's word, whether you like it or not. They follow the yellow brick road. There might be lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, you're perfect. This is wonderful. You're with me. I don't know where we're going, but we're, we're going to listen to the munchkins. There's a path to get to where you want to go. And there might be lions and tigers and bears, but we're going to get to where you want to go if we stay on the yellow brick road. I wish there was a Bible verse for that. But that's the power of principle. And if we can leverage that, all right, this is where I want to go. That's where I want to end up. Where's the path? All right, I'm on this path. It's not fun. I can't have those sticky buns anymore, right? It's not fun. It means we can't go out to eat five days a week. I know, yeah, it's cold Sunday, but yeah, we're on this path. We're gonna go to church. I mean, we're on this path and we want, that's where the path goes. That's the destination. So we need to stay on this path to get to that destination, I believe this, we will win or lose at life based on, the destina- based on the pathways that we choose. Randall calls me up a few weeks ago and says, hey, because we're, we're, our sermon planning team has been talking about this whole series, this 10-year challenge. And we were gonna initially call it, where do you wanna go? And the idea was like, path he's like he said let's go on a hike so we can get some stories for the sermon series the stupidest idea (laughs) but I'm not going to say no I don't want to go on a hike right because I'm manly ish and so and I'm thinking if Randall can go on a hike right that's what I was thinking like if Randall can go on a hike I can go on a hike so uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm game. So um, we went on this hike, and he's like, he's like, we're going, we're going to go this this thing called Big Schloss. <sighs> so it's down past Woodstock and Wolf Gap, and so we pull into the thing, and I had no idea what to expect. I wore shorts. Now I've done some hiking, right? But I like to hike in shorts, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be like forty some degrees. Well, it was actually snowing by the time we got up there. It was pretty chilly. So um, Randall was my guide which probably should have been a good indicator. It was a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. Let me just say that. So we got up to this certain point, and it was a rocky outcrop, and it was a pretty view. And he's like, you know, this is a really good view. Is this enough for you? He said, because Big Schloss is still way that way. Oh, that's me. Where'd you get that? Look at that cute fella. So I don't think that's, that's the first rocky outcrop. Where'd you get that, Dave? Where did that come from? That, I need to approve these photos from now on. It looks a lot bigger on the big screen. That's, it's, the ratios are off. So that's, that's me and Randall. That's, that's not Big Schloss. That's the little outcropping before we get to Big Schloss. And then he gives me this decision. He goes, all right, all right, if we want to go to Big Schloss, he said, let me show you where it is. And he points to where it is, and it's this big, long ridge over this way. It looked relatively flat. 
I'm happy with that. So, all right. So, yeah, I'm not going to chicken out. If you're not going to chicken out, but I would rather go back now. But, no, let's go ahead and go. So we went the rest of the way, went all the way to Big Sloss. It was great. Had a, had a really good time. It was incredibly cold. But what I found out later was, was a couple of weeks. Or, okay, enough of the pictures. Um, <laughs> so so um, never put Dave in charge of slides. That's, that's the bottom line. So you never know what's going to happen. At least these are all good for family viewing. Um, a few weeks ago, Randall had gone on a hike to Big Schloss, but didn't go on a hike to Big Schloss. He went on the next path. He thought he had gone to Big Schloss, but he went to Tibbetts Knob instead. Tibbetts Knob is about half the distance. So he gets done going to what he thought was Big Schloss, right? And he's thinking he's really accomplished something. Like, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And so then the, the, the next thing, he goes with his family, and they do go to Big Schloss, and he about lost his lunch. He was like, I, he said, I hadn't, you know, he said, I thought that was Big Schloss. We're not, we went to Little Tibbets instead of Big Schloss, and now we're over here. And he said, this is way more. So like, as, he, as we're walking up the hill, as we're going up the mountain, he's telling me how bad it's going to be. Because he doesn't want to oversell this. And so Tucker looks at dad. He goes, dad, you got to upsell this a little bit, man. You're really selling this poorly. You got to be a better salesman. Randall goes, I am the mayor of Realville. All right. Eric is my friend. He said, I'm not going to tell him how easy it's going to be because I know this is not easy. And he said, I know that it's hard the first time you do a hike to know what you're expecting. Like if I went to go do it again now, I think I'd be okay because I know where the big points are, and I know what to expect. So the mayor of Realville was real with me and told me how difficult, well, we had a great time, and it was all, but like the, the, the reason we got to Big Sloss was because that was the path we were on. I was trying to figure out why I'm telling you all these stories. He was on the path to Little Tibbets, not to Big Sloss, but he thought he went to Big Sloss, but he ended up at the wrong destination because he got on the wrong what? Path. So here's, here's for your consideration. You may not have problems to fix as much as direction to change. And that ought to encourage you. I was expecting more smiles. I know we all got problems. We all got stuff, right? But maybe you don't have problems to fix as much as you need to get on a different path. Maybe, maybe you need a direction change. Maybe it's repentance. Maybe it's, maybe it's confessing something. Maybe it's getting right with somebody. Maybe it's just sitting down and deciding, this is the path that I want to be on. I want to live healthy. I want to love God. I want to be a better husband. I want to raise my kids right. I want financial security. Whatever the path is that you need to get on to get to where you say you want to go and who you want to become. So here's my challenge to you. As we get into this series over the next couple of weeks, here's my challenge to you. I would love for you to think about thinking about this this week. I'd love to at least get that out of you. I think that we have, we have gotten away from meditating and, and, and thinking deeply about things and about our life. We go from day to day to day. We eat the same thing for breakfast. We have the same commute. We go to the same job. We come home, watch the same shows, and then we go to bed the same way. I was about to say with the same people, but that's a good thing. And, <laughs> And you just, you just, you're all, you're over and over again. Things are not quite firing right this morning, okay? I'm working at it. And so you, you, you go through 
your life without giving it any thought. And I don't think social media helps. Like we just, we'll sit there and watch videos for three hours that are 10 minutes long a piece. Like just like inundate ourselves with a laugh or something fun or a train wreck. But we don't take the time to think about our life. So I'm asking you to, to take some time to at least think about thinking about your life. Like get out a pen and paper. They still make those. Get out, get a notebook or, or, or talk to somebody and have a conversation. Type something out on your computer. This is what... I want, so so here's, here's, the, here's the three questions I want you to answer. Who do you want to be 10 years from now? Who do you want to be 10 years from now? Remember people used to ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Who do you want to be when you grow up? That's what I'm saying. Like, who do you want to be in 10 years? What are you looking for? Does God even have an opinion about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll show you a verse in a minute. God has an opinion about that. What do you want to be when you grow up? Who do you want to be when you grow up? What does God say about your marriage? What does God say about getting married? What does God say about your finances, about your relationships? So who do you want to be 10 years from now? Number two, who will you be if you continue on your current path? You know, if you only gain five pounds a year, it doesn't sound that bad. Until you're 10 years from now, right? Who are you going to be? Who do you want to be 10 years from now? Who will you be if you continue on your current path? Rather than just floating downstream with all the other dead fish, where is your current momentum taking you and do you like that destination? Because now is the time to get off the train if you don't want to go to that station. You may want to have a successful marriage. But that may not be the path that you're on. Same with all the other categories. Is that who you want to become if you stay on this current path? Because if nothing changes, you're just going to be an older version of yourself. And then finally, number three, what needs to change? What considerations should we have? What life priorities should we be instilling as we think about our life? And I promise you to show you that God has an opinion. Psalm 16, verse 11, is such a beautiful verse that should so encourage us. It says this right here, you will show me the path of life. Thank God, like he not only has an opinion, he wants what's best for you. Like he sees what your life can become. And David says this with assurance that, that you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know what I see in my mind's eye here? Like they're walking together. In life, do you see that in that verse? Like, like God is showing me the path of life. I'm in his presence and there's fullness of joy there. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. God and I are on this journey of life together. He's not up there with a hammer ready to smack me. He's walking alongside me in this thing. And I want to get on the right path. And I want to become who he wants me to become. 
The ultimate goal is to be conformed to the image of his son, to be like Jesus in every area of my life, to be that kind of husband and father and grandfather, to be that kind of pastor, to be that kind of friend, to use the resources he's allowed me to have for the furtherance of his kingdom. I'm on this path with him and he will show me. Can we spend some time this week thinking about this, having conversations with our spouse or our significant other or our mom and dad or with our kids? Let's do something with our life so that 10 years from now, we can see this as a moment that altered where we were going. Because we only have one life and it's for a short period of time and eternity is forever. And this is all the time we get to make a significant impact on the kingdom of God for all of eternity. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna cover how to make this happen, who needs to go with you in this journey, what to take with you, what principles are at play. That's what we're gonna be trying to unpack and uncover a little bit more. But the one word I would love for you to, to resonate in the back of your brain today is the word intentionality. Like we float through life. Do you realize how much of your life is about your paycheck? How much time you invest in that and how much thought you put into what you can do with it and maxing it out every month and hoping you get that extra a little bit. You've already spent your tax return. <laughs> Let's just step back and say, all right, how, maybe there's other priorities. Maybe there's some other things that God has an opinion about. I believe that. I believe it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for having an opinion. Thank you for wanting what is best. And thank you for walking with us in this journey. Help us to be intentional about the pathways that we choose. And help us to prioritize you and your will for our lives. And if there's somebody in this room that needs to begin a relationship with you, that this morning would start that conversation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.